This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Oscar Ramirez, TK21171, from Costa Rica Garrison. Matthew Lockyer, SL6456, from the former Terror Australis Garrison. And, of course, our chief Wookiee, Peter Mayhew. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 116 for May 2019, and here are your hosts. Myself, Todd, TB10078. This is Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, TI12743. And Marcus, TK14057. Well, the 501st Legion is currently at 13,900 members, with 28,232 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member, listed on 501st.com at the time of recording, is Vanessa, TB78911, a new biker scout from Mexican Garrison's Imperial City Squad. In this episode, celebrate May the 4th. Hear from our new Death Star Garrison. Visit Sarah Hospitals and attend a mac and cheese competition. Stay tuned. If you hadn't caught them on your iTunes feed or at 501st.com slash podcast, be sure to check out both part one and two of our Star Wars Celebration Chicago recap mini casts. We rambled on so much that we had to split it into two parts. Go check them out after you're done listening to this show, of course. There are a ton of new entries and updates to our costume reference library since our last episode. First up is our Clone Trooper Detachment. We can always count on them to add new costumes to our ranks. They've added seven. Clone Trooper Doom Grunt Phase 2 from Clone Wars Season 4. Clone Pilot Warthog Phase 1 from Clone Wars Seasons 1-3. to Clone Trooper Kicks from Clone Wars Seasons 1-3. to Commander Gray Phase 2 from the comic Kanan The Last Padawan. Arc Trooper Echo, based on the Sideshow Toys realistic version. Captain Rex, Phase 2, based on the Sideshow Toys realistic version. And Clone Trooper Boyle, Phase 2, from Clone Wars Seasons 4. Our Imperial Gunnery Corps has finalized the CRL for the First Order Gunner. Bounty Hunters Guild is happy to announce the completion of the CRL for the Death Watch Grunt, as seen in Star Wars The Clone Wars Seasons 2, 4, and 5. Spec Ops Detachment has added the Imperial Army Sapper based on the comic Star Wars Empire by Dark Horse. And while not a new costume, our Imperial Officer Corps has updated the boots section to 21 different CRLs to allow for the inclusion of stretch panels. Yay! They've also added a new holster for version 4 of the Imperial Navy Trooper dress uniform and corrected the image and text for the blaster. The Underworld Detachment has greenlit the Dryden Voss CRL. That costume is now cleared for GML approval. 
Pathfinder's detachment has cleared up the wording on the Rebels' scout pans and added some more images for the helmet's snout. They've also added a ton more images for the shore troopers, as this costume has a lot of detail that isn't easily captured with text. The new photos will help GMLs greatly with all of the fiddly greeblies. The flagship Eclipse has updated their Darth Treya CRL with details on the hand makeup. While some of these edits sound minor, it still illustrates how our reference library is a living document and highlights the good work the detachments are doing to improve all our costume details. Thanks to the new cartoon Star Wars Resistance, Jolly Roger Squadron was able to add Major Vonreg to the 501st roster. And as always, you can check out links to all of these CRLs in our show notes. And thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates. Hey, Star Wars fans, Jimmy Mack here, Rebel Force Radio host and honorary member of the 501st Legion. You're listening to the latest Imperial propaganda on the 501st cast. Long live the Empire. Mission reports. On Saturday, March 16, 2019, more than 15 troopers and squires from Mountain Garrison and the Mano Mercs attended the Special Olympics Dodgeball Tournament. The event was hosted by the Fountain Police Department at Fountain High School in Fountain, Colorado. This event was a fundraiser for the Special Olympics. Both children and adults were present. Thanks to Jaslyn, DZ4622, for that report. I was especially amused, if uh, I'll post a picture of this in our show notes, to see that since, of course, there was uh, no blaster requirement for school troops, instead the Jawas in attendance decided to carry those light blue fart toy guns from the Despicable Me movie. So I thought that, that was a good, you know, replacement. Jawas are always uh, causing problems. <laughs> But they are resourceful. They are. (laughs) Well, on uh, March 30th, members of Garrison Excelsior and their Nickel City squad attended the 2019 Buffalo Motorama at the Buffalo Convention Center. Buffalo Motorama is the largest indoor custom car and bike show in western New York. The show features a wide variety of vehicles, ranging from original, modified, race, full custom, to hot rods, classics, pro street, unrestored. The garrison was proud to help raise $121 for the Foundation Fighting Blindness. The primary focus of the Foundation is to fund research, to find a cure for blindness caused by retinal diseases, and to provide therapy and technology for those with visual impairments. Excelsior supported the Foundation Fighting Blindness again a couple weeks ago at a local convention, and with the support of several other local Star Wars groups, raised over $1,000 more to add to the donation tally. In what has become an annual tradition, Garrison Excelsior made a couple hospital visits to celebrate Star Wars Day. On May 3rd, Garrison Excelsior and counterparts from Rebel Legion's Echo Base visited some special people at OCI Children's Hospital in downtown Buffalo, New York. OCI Children's Hospital is a 185-bed pediatric hospital whose services include NICU, labor and delivery, mother-baby units, hematology, oncology, epilepsy, and surgery. It is the only freestanding hospital in New York State, one of 43 in the country. Patients and caregivers were delighted to see our members as they made their way to spread some good cheer to the ER, oncology, infusion, and NICU center patients. Then on Monday, May 6th, members of Garrison Excelsior, the Rebel Legion, and the R2 Builders Club visited upstate Golisano Children's Hospital in Syracuse, New York. 
They started out the visit in the hospital library, where fun cookies decorated with Star Wars characters' faces were served, and then moved on to make tours of several different areas of the hospital, sometimes splitting up into smaller groups to visit more patients. And although overall there were less children for them to visit this year compared to last, that's a good thing. In the wee hours before the sun even rose on May 7th, members of New Jersey's Northeast Remnant Garrison and Rebel Legion Deveron base traveled to West Trenton, New Jersey, for one of the most special events in the garrison, Dreamlift. The Sunshine Foundation collects donations year-round for their Dreamlift program, which provides a one-day excursion to Walt Disney World for ill and physically challenged children. 2019 marked their 100th Dreamlift, and the 501st and Rebel Legion were honored to attend and make the day extra special for the families. After suiting up, members mingled with the children, their parents, sponsors, and other attendees to help build up excitement for the day. There was music, dancing, and more activities to help keep the good vibes going. It may have been early in the morning, but fatigue wasn't stopping anyone. After going through TSA, legionaries lined the tarmac and applauded the children as they made their way to board the plane. One special child was very nervous about going, but his idol, Darth Vader, was able to give him the courage he needed. After the families boarded the plane and troopers cleared the tarmac, the children were on their way to Walt Disney World, where members of Florida Garrison's McKaysey Squad would be awaiting their arrival. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, members all went out for a great breakfast to celebrate the heartwarming troop. We'll have links to photos and news reports in our show notes. Thanks to Kevin, ID 71689, for that report. Here are some reports from the new Death Star Garrison, formerly Brazilian Division Garrison's Death Star Squad. On April 6th, two members of the garrison attended an event called We Are the Military Police. It's an event to help people of the city learn a little more about the work of the military units in each division of the police. The event was attended by police officers from at least half a dozen different programs and divisions within the police organization, as well as the fire department and other units. Visitors could also meet the dogs and horses in service to the community. There were several vehicles on display as well, including an armored vehicle and the equipment used to fight crime, including explosives, rescue, and traffic surveillance. The event also featured kids' spaces with painting, miniature cardboard assembly, traffic education lanes, remote control carts, and a steering simulator. The military police music band also performed at the event. The organizers of the event estimated that at least 20,000 people visited over the whole course of the exhibit. On April 13th, four members of the garrison with some recruits attended an autism awareness walk in Pedrera. Troopers attended the event to help draw attention to the cause and interact with the young children and adults. They also helped make people aware that the H1N1 vaccine was also available on site. Apparently, there was also an orchestra playing selections from various film themes, including Star Wars. Sounds like a very busy event. They also attended an autism walk on April 28th in Campinas. A dozen garrison members plus support staff attended the event and enjoyed handing out personalized trading cards to the children in attendance. On April 14th, nine members of Death Star Garrison and some recruits visited Salazian Capinas High School to promote what the 501st is all about and help with their fun food drive. The collected food was earmarked for various charitable institutions in the city. The garrison's booth was set up with pieces of armor and blasters, as well as a photo backdrop for pictures with the characters. 
On May the 4th, 11 members plus recruits and supporters from Death Star Garrison celebrated Star Wars Day by spending a couple hours at the MAAS, a museum of astronomy. During the troop, they collected books to be donated to libraries of needy organizations. Death Star Garrison attended a multi-day festival dedicated to celebrating the culture of Japan. Several members attended on May 11th, 18th, and 19th. The Festival of Japan treated citizens of the Brazilian city to experience Japanese culture through typical foods, attractions, and more. This year, the 501st Legion was invited to participate to promote ourselves, as well as help with the food drive. To attend the festival, patrons only needed to bring a kilo, or a couple pounds, of non-perishable food that will be donated to the charity houses of the city. We'll have a link to photos from each of those troops in our show notes. And thanks to Death Star Garrison CO Daniel, TI-19760, for all those reports. And speaking of Japan, our Japanese garrison spent May the 4th Eve visiting Yamamoto, a town destroyed by the Great East Japan Earthquake in 2011. TK-3416, TB-6022, and TK-12291 made sand art and flower art with the people of the town. Check out the link to a photo in our show notes of the giant sand art mural that included a cute little stormtrooper in the middle. Then on May 4th, TK3416, TB6022, and SL19771 helped celebrate Japan's new era, Reiwa, and Star Wars Day at a local shopping mall's Golden Week event. The new era, whose name includes the character for Harmony, formally began once the new emperor was crowned on May 1st, a.k.a. 501st day. Minima Sanriku town was destroyed by the tsunami of the Great East Japan earthquake and, like Yamamoto, is recovering little by little now. On May 5th, Japanese garrison members SL19771 and TK3416 also helped celebrate the new era of Reiwa at the Rakuta Space Children's Festival with a gentleman who portrayed Masamun Date, who was as a warlord of Miyagi. Fukushima and Yamagata in the late 1500s, early 1600s. His armor is said to have inspired the design of Darth Vader's armor. Check out the link in our show notes to a photo from this troop where he poses with our members. Next up are some reports from our Alaskan garrison. Along with their Rebel Legion counterparts, Alaskan garrison spent much of March 9th supporting the 25th annual Empty Bowl Project. The Empty Bowl Project is massive. All-you-can-eat soup, cornbread feed, and the biggest fundraiser of the year for the Beans Cafe and the Children's Lunchbox. These organizations have a mission of feeding the hungry and the homeless without discrimination in Alaska. Thousands of handcrafted bowls are donated from all over the community. The entrance fee includes a bowl of choice to take home and all soup and cornbread they can eat. Garrison members welcomed attendees as they came through the doors, assisted Anchorage Police Department to serve soup, and helped the mayor and thousands in the community raise money to help the community's homeless population. The soup and cornbread, silent auction, and private donations brought in nearly $100,000 for the cafe. Alaskan Garrison and their Rebel Legion counterparts welcomed a rare appearance of the Mandalorian Mercs Alaska Stronghold at the fourth annual Anchorage Promise Kids Day on April 20th. Kids Day is exactly that, a day to celebrate youth and families, a free day to provide kids of all ages, a day of laughter and fun. More than 80 youth-serving exhibitors gathered at the Dana Aina Center in downtown Anchorage to provide program information and fun activities for all to enjoy. 
everything from face painting to prize wheels, street fair with bouncy house, wildabout reading program with free books and live stage performances. The garrison is always a large draw and the most looked forward part of the day by attendees with um, lines out the door for photos and fun from the galaxy far, far away. Eilson Air Force Base in Fairbanks, Alaska, organized a day to connect communities of interest together with their very first community club day. Airmen and families were invited to connect with Arts and Crafts Club, CrossFit Club, Toastmasters, Book Club, Travelers Club, LARPing Club, Fishing Club, Chess Club, and various other gaming and costuming clubs. The Alaskan Garrison had a table set up with costumes, mouse droids, and other information on display for the purpose of recruiting new members in the Fairbanks area. The organization Alaskans for Litter Prevention and Recycling, ALPAR, recognizes outstanding efforts in litter prevention, cleanup, and recycling in Alaska with a fun-themed event each year. This year, the theme was May the Recycling Force Be With You. The invite said, join the rebellion as we celebrate Alaska's Jedi Masters for the outstanding accomplishments in recycling and litter prevention in 2018. Two Sith members of Alaskan Garrison, Kylo Ren and Ventress, assisted with handing out awards, interacted with attendees who were all dressed as rebels, and took tons of fun photos. Alaska Regional Hospital's Spring Fling is their annual employee appreciation event that kicks off Nurses Week. This year, they went all out with a Star Wars-themed event on May the 4th. Employees came in their best Star Wars costumes, all the food and drinks were from a galaxy far, far away, and the 501st, Rebel Legion, and Galactic Academy were on hand for crowd interactions, photos, and the various photo booths, all with different galactic backgrounds and even some dark side dancing with Alaska Regional Hospital's CEO. As a thank you for being a delightful surprise presence at their event, the hospital donated $2,500 to Make-A-Wish of Washington and Alaska in our name. Arctic Comic Con Alaska, ACCA, is the destination comic and pop culture show in Anchorage, Alaska. ACCA took place May 4th and 5th and brought comics, pop culture, and cosplay to the fans. Four members of Alaskan Garrison and one Galactic Academy cadet made an appearance in costume to enjoy the event and recruit new members. Be sure to check out link, links to the photo gallery from this troupe and all the Alaskan Garrison events we've talked about this episode in our show notes. Thanks to Jen IC84864 for all those reports with an assist from Bryce SL49988. Lastly, here are some mission reports from Empire City Garrison. George TK11710 and Chris TK6744 of Empire City Garrison attended Cub Scout Pack's 201's Blue and Gold Dinner, the evening of Friday, March 22nd. The Blue Gold Dinner is a major fundraiser for their pack of Cub Scouts. It helps to raise money to ensure the pack can continue to operate. It was also a moving up ceremony for the Cub Scouts advancing in rank. There was a DJ, raffles, photo ops with our troopers, and little Jawas and other activities. On March 31st, George and Chris were joined by Joe, SL91452, for a visit to the Kings Park Cub Scout Blue and Gold Lunch at Baiting Hollow Scout Camp. Similar to their previous troop with the Scouts, this was a combination fundraiser awards ceremony, and the troopers also played a brief game of Blast-A-Trooper with the Scouts. The pack leader presented ECG with a $100 donation towards our Make-A-Wish Fund as thanks for appearing. 
Empire City Garrison's Chris, TK744, and Joe, SL91452, were cast by Disney and Lucasfilm to do a booth appearance for Pano Optical at the New York Vision Expo on Friday, March 22nd. Alaric, DS41311, was also on hand as a squire. The pan-oceanic optical booth was set up with a photo stand to take photos with guests at the show, and Chris and Joe were tapped to attract attention as Lord Vader and his stormtrooper to their Disney line of eyeglasses, which included Star Wars-themed frames. They were asked to take photos with attendees for over four hours, but two breaks were provided to help them recharge and last the whole show, which lasted from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. It was a bit grueling, but the event host was very accommodating and provided a large changing space and lunch. Their contact on hand was very helpful, and the Pano Optical Management was thrilled to have our members there. Chris and Joe were very excited to be a part of this and even got to check out a bit of the Vision Expo during their journeys to and from the changing room between shifts. They were proud to support the high-profile event and represent the 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison. Special thanks to Alaric for coordinating the event, keeping his garrison mates safe, running the line, and taking photos at the event. Six members of Empire City Garrison visited the children's wing of Stony Brook University Hospital on Long Island, New York, on Sunday, March 24th. They visited a number of rooms, taking photos with the kids and their families. They handed out some trading cards, coloring books, crayons, and toys to the kids, and some trading cards for the staff as well. The staff throughout the hospital was excited and appreciative for our members' visits. As many legionnaires find, the ECG troopers found an incredible, profound, and rewarding experience. They were all proud to bring smiles to kids' faces who were going through a tough time. Thanks go out to their hospital guide, Mike, Ron, SL5928, for providing gifts for the kids, and Vicky for squiring and taking photos. On April 22nd, four members of ECG paid a special visit to the Cohen Children's Medical Center of New York. They were able to visit a large number of rooms in the children's wing, which spans four floors, taking photos with the kids and their families. Once again, they handed out trading cards as well as some stuffed animals provided by the hospital. They also took photos with staff, who were often just as excited as the kids to have a bit of distraction in the day. In addition to the children's wing, troopers were also able to visit the outpatient ward and lobby areas on each floor. Three members of Empire City Garrison attended Back to the Future Night at Winoa Elementary School on April 17th. This event featured a classic car show out front and games and activities throughout the inside of the school. The theme was Back to the Future, celebrating recent history with some of the kids and adults dressed in outfits from the 50s through the 90s. I kind of feel personally attacked that the 90s is considered history, but Mm -hmm. I'll deal with it. It was very well attended, and our troopers had a great time taking photos with guests, handing out cards, and walking around the school. We'll have a link to a photo of Brent, TI22071, Chris, TK6744, and Joe, SL91452, posing with a student in front of a classic car in our show notes. Brent, TI-22071, and Chris, TB-6744, represented ECG at a 
Touch a Truck event at Nassau Coliseum on Saturday, May 4th, and they were joined by members of Sabre Guild. This is a charity event hosted twice a year where they collect either canned goods or other household items for families in need. They have had over 10,000 families attending, even with occasional rain showers during the event. There were tons of trucks, fire engines, and assorted vehicles to see. Brent and Chris had a great time taking photos and interacting with the attendees nonstop for the entire two-hour appearance. Even though they got a bit wet, it was a great time. Coincidentally, the brother of one of our Japanese garrison members brought his son to this event and was so excited to see Star Wars characters. What a small world. Brent and Chris also teamed up to attend the Northwell Health Walk on May 19th, and they got rained on at this one as well. The walk is one of Northwell Health's signature fundraising events. Uh, 100% of the proceeds benefit both the Katz Institute for Women's Health and Cohen Children's Medical Center. The event was well attended with a steady stream of kids and adults throughout the day. There were vendors and local businesses with tables with different games, giveaways, and snacks. Late afternoon on May the 4th, four members of ECG attended the third annual Mac and Cheese Competition at New Hyde Park Memorial High School. This event doubled as a special fundraiser for Patrick R. Holohan, who passed away from diabetes. All proceeds from the event went to the Memorial Scholarship in his name. They had Mac and Cheese, obviously, uh, drinks, desserts, and raffles to help raise funds. Although some of the high schoolers were too cool to take photos with Star Wars characters. We're pretty sure they appreciated ECG being there anyway. As many folks know, this year, Free Comic Book Day landed on May the 4th, which kept our troopers extra busy. Chris, TB6744, and Ron, SL5928, headed out to Long Island's Grasshoppers Comics for a couple hours to help celebrate. The event was well attended, with steady stream of kids and adults, even through the rain showers. They had artists on hand to sign comics, obviously the free comics that were being given away for Free Comic Book Day, discounts, and a charity raffle. They had a great time hanging out at the store, posing for photos, and attracting people to the event. And the store was very happy to have our members attend. ECG hopes to return in December for another charity event taking place at the store. ECG's Christoph, TK61400, and Chris, TB6744, attended the Nassau County Police Department's Family Day on Saturday, May 18th. This event, hosted by the NCPD, featured food, snacks, games, vehicles, demonstrations, and a parade. It was a police open house that helped demonstrate the goodwill of the department within the community, and they were very excited to have the 501st participate. There was a very steady stream of kids and adults who were very excited and enthusiastic for the photo op with us. Our members were even greeted by both the commissioner and county executive. Christoph is an NCPD police officer himself, and Chris was proud to stand by his side supporting this event for the ECG. We'll have links to photos from all of those ECG troops in our show notes, and thanks to Chris, TK slash TB6744, for the reports. Who, by the way, and this should come as no surprise to longtime 501st cast listeners, just hit the 275 troop milestone shortly after his 11-year anniversary with the 501st Legion. Congratulations, Chris. Actually, that's only about two events a month. Are we sure that number shouldn't be higher? That's what I was thinking. There's like several May troops right here in this report that obviously he did more than two in May. So <laughs> That's fantastic. 275. Well Chris. done. Well done. This is Star Wars author Kevin J. Anderson, and you're listening to the 501st cast. 
10th annual Star Wars Day, hosted by uh, the Juliet Public Library in Illinois, is coming up this Saturday, June 1st. The library partners with other nearby nonprofit organizations are hosting a massive and free fan-favorite event that is not to be missed if you're in the region. There will be dozens of customers from the Fire First Legion, Rebel Legion, and Galactic Academy, artist and honor member Dave Dorman, and the Star Wars costume doll display from Midwest Garrison member Kathy. You can learn more at facebook.com slash JPL Star Wars Day. Also this weekend, Empire City Garrison will be attending CradleCon at the Cradle of Aviation Museum in Garden City, New York on Saturday um, and Sunday, June 1st and 2nd. It's an opportunity for readers to meet and greet local comic book creators, for collectors on the hunt for rare books and toys, for cosplayers to show off some of their best work, and for gamers to get their game on. This spectacular yet intimate experience is for fans of all ages to gather, socialize, and be passionate about what they love. This is Long Island's nonprofit comic convention created by fans for fans. Take me out to the ball game. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's that time of year again. Many of our units will be spending their weekends at ballparks, helping their local teams celebrate their Star Wars theme nights. Northeast Remnant Garrison has three teams they'll be visiting in June alone. Garrison Excelsior already had one game last week and two more coming in June. Breaking news. So tonight, May 29th, as we record, is the official live stream of the new Galaxy's Edge dedication ceremony at Disneyland. But one amongst us has already paid a visit to Batu's Black Spire outpost. Uh, yeah, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> well, um, I do reside with a couple of cast members, and so I had the rare opportunity uh, to go to a member preview, cast, cast member preview of Galaxy's Edge. Now, it was a couple of weeks ago in the middle of, uh, I forget what day now, actually. It was in the middle of May. And, well, uh, I'm not sure really... Uh, I have a lot of positives about it. The detail is very, very incredible. Uh, in particular, the whole Millennium Falcon uh, ride is just amazing. Um, but there were some parts of Galaxy's Edge that weren't open yet. They weren't ready to be open. Uh, and that was uh, specifically the Rise of the Resistance attraction. I didn't get to see any of that because it just wasn't ready. But um, so, you know, without really spoiling a lot of things, I'll just say that the Millennium Falcon ride, you have to go on it. It's incredible. You they sit six people per pod, if you will. When you get into a cockpit, there's six people in your group and you all have to work together. There's two pilots, two gunners and two engineers. And um, the engineers sit in the back. The gunners are in the middle and the pilots are up front. And uh, the engineers way in the back have the better view because you have to look above you and to the side and, uh, and of course, in front of you. Uh, Chewie, it takes place uh, – the whole thing about Galaxy's Edge takes place in between episodes 8 and 9. And so uh, Chewie has – for that ride, Chewie has the Falcon, and he's uh, going to give it over to none other than Hondo Onaka, the pirate himself, uh, who is going to take over the Falcon. He's going to verbally guide you along your quest. And I don't want to spoil the particulars about the ride, but – 
you need to listen to Hondo to get to, to uh, and work together as a team um, in order to uh, get more points, if you will, score higher. Um, and uh, so it's a fun story, a very fun ride. It's you definitely feel like you're in the Falcon uh, when you're in the queue to get into the Falcon, even the smells because because you, you're in a spaceport, if you will. Um, it's, uh, docking bay nine, docking bay five. It's, well, everything like, say, for example, the, where I bought, I bought a shirt because we were able to get some merchandise. And, uh, so the, uh, the shirt that I bought was in one of the docking bays. And then of course the Millennium Falcon ride is in another docking bay. I want to say docking bay five. And, uh, so when you go into the docking bay and you're in the queue to get on the Falcon, even the smells, it smells like you're, you're there in the Star Wars universe. I don't know how they did that, but it's, it smells like you're, you're there. Kind of like on the other side of Disneyland, Disney California, California Adventure in the, uh, the cars ride. Um, it smells when you're on the ride, it kind of smells like you're in like a car shop. Uh, so they've got the smells down really, really well. Uh, and the visual details, the buttons, when you're in the Falcon cockpit, you could push all the buttons. Everything lights up. In fact, if something lights up while you're on the ride, push it. Uh, it'll help you. Uh, and then, of course, so after the Falcon, we, we got to, the merchandise is incredible. There uh, there are costumes that you can buy for your kids and, and adult-sized costumes that are very high-priced. Um, they have a full, I, I am a Sidious costumer, uh, I'm an SL, not just a TI, and, and uh, so I was in, I took particular interest in this full adult-sized and kid-sized to uh, Sidious costume that they have. Uh, um, the brooch is upside down, so then there's no getting around that because it's magnetically attached on one side and stitched on the other side to the, to the outer tunic. So if you're a stickler, like we are in the Legion for, atten- you know, mm-hmm. for detail, yeah. The brooch for Sidious's outfit is upside down, um, but they had, and then the Sidious outfit itself was two hundred bucks. So I'm not a big fan of the Sidious outfit. However, for another hundred and fifty bucks, they actually had a full sized Sidious cane, which looks perfect. It's actually pretty heavy too, uh, and I wanted that very, very much. But alas, I was limited on what I could purchase, so I didn't get one of those. But if any of you out there go to Galaxy's Edge and you'd like to make a big friend out of me, you buy me one of those. Um, <laughs> you're only allowed to go into Galaxy's Edge for four hours at a time, and the way that they did that, and I don't know how they're going to do this when they open it up to the public, but uh, I'm sure that they're going to have something similar, if not the same thing going on. Uh, essentially, you're, they, you're, you're given a wristband, a color-coded wristband, and you go into Galaxy's Edge for four hours, and when your four hours are up, unless you're eating food or something, if you go into a shop or whatever, and the cast member sees that your your color-coded band is expired, well, then they'll ask you to, hey, you know, you you got to get going so that we can let more people into the, the realm there. Oh, and by the way, when you're in Galaxy's Edge, the hello is... Bright suns, and you know, so friendly, friendly shopkeepers will say, "Bright suns, citizen," or something like that. And then, of course, the goodbye is to the spire. So I don't know about the goodbye. I like the bright suns greeting. I thought that was kind of clever. But to the spire, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like more like I needed to go to the refresher when I was done, rather than to the spire, unless, of course, it was a refresher in the spire. But anyhow, uh, the the shops are incredible. The the prices are astronomical. Of course, there is blue milk and green milk. Um, I personally was uh, grossed out by those. Um, the blue milk and green milk are a sort of coconut milk and rice milk combination. Um, so uh, the, the green milk is a little bit tart, and the blue milk has more of a fruity flavor. There was one girl in our entourage that loved the blue milk. It kind of had sort of a um, 
like a fruity pebbles kind of taste to it. Maybe um, I t- I sampled it and didn't like it. I didn't like either one. Um, there's a restaurant there. I forget the name of the restaurant already, but it's it's clever. Everything has a Star Wars name. Uh, the por- the prices are huge. The portions are small. The food is okay, but it's it's very small portion. I say when you go to Galaxy's Edge, skip the food altogether. Just you know, eat before or after you visit. Um, it, it, it's I think your experience will be better that way, and it'll give you more time to you know use your four hours productively. And, Good advice. Uh, that's something we learned right off the bat. You know, just eat elsewhere. Um, so Kylo Ren, uh, there, there is a life. So obviously I spoke about the life size Millennium Falcon, amazing attention to detail for there's photo op areas where we got professional photos done. So we couldn't take our own pictures because we had to turn in our phones and our smart watches, put them in a bag. We carry the bag around, but everything, uh, anything with a camera on it was not allowed to be visible. So we couldn't take any pictures of, you know, the, the attractions or anything. But they did have cast members with cameras. And so we had a few uh, professional photos done, and we'll be able to download to view and download those, and I'll put them up on my Facebook, if anyone's a, a Facebook follower of mine, uh, on May 31st when it actually opens to the public. So even I can't look at the photos we took until the thing opens to the general population there. Um, but uh, there was a life-size uh, Episode 789-era X-Wing, full-size. Looks great. That's a photo op area. There's a full-size A-Wing. Um, and of course, Kylo Ren's uh, personal ship. And one thing that I really, really enjoyed was um, that there is a Kylo Ren uh, character and flanked by about four uh, First Order stormtroopers walking around. And they go up onto the stage. There's a stage, like a platform in front of Kylo Ren's ship. And they have like a little uh, skit that they do. And then they go out back out into the crowd and they start looking for uh, traitors, if you will. I don't again, I don't want to spoil it, but they will interact with you. And uh, if you're not careful of what you say, um, they might um, haul you away for questioning, shall I say. And then, of course, uh, grill you uh, a very fun way, of course. And then they'll let you go because they can't execute you, obviously. And uh, so that that was interesting. I, they didn't haul me away for questioning. However, Kylo Ren and his uh, flanked by his four stormtroopers walked right by me. And so I kind of yelled toward Kylo and I said, hey, Kylo, I hear talk that you're a crybaby. <laughs> and one, <laughs> one of the stormtroopers turned to me and said in a very, very Star Warsy voice, be careful. So... Um, and then he turned and kept walking with Kylo. So I think they were walking to the stage, so they had to keep going. Otherwise, they probably would have grabbed me. But um, <laughs> it, it, they, the, the stormtroopers talk. They interact with the crowd. Everything that they say sounds just like a stormtrooper. So I don't know if they've got some kind of uh, technical stuff going on that, that alters their voice or if it's all pre-recorded somehow. But uh, it's legit. Even Kylo is legit. Kylo talks with the crowd, too. So I love the fact that they intermingle and interact. There, I, I was let down. There are those no, things are pre-recorded, by the way. They are pre-recorded. That's what I thought. Yeah, they, 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 they just know what to uh, say or what to push. I guess they use their gloves. I think to uh, pick their pick what they say. I guess. Aha! See, somebody else has some yeah. insider information here. That's good to know. Uh, we were debating amongst ourselves if that was pre-recorded or not. So, see, I learned something. Um, I was let down. Now, the only other aliens walking around, they had, of course, uh, a, a Chewie walking around and uh, Chewie, uh, you know, made noise and then uh, spoke, if you will, in, in, in Wookiee, in, in Shrewook. 
but that was it. There was there were no other aliens walking around, but there were because this was a cast member preview. The people in polo shirts, I come to find out, were executives. There were there was management and executive types walking all over the place, and I'm sure at least one of them overheard me say that they could use some more aliens walking around this place to make it look legit. Because even though all of the Disney cast members uh, were in costume and it, the place had the smells and the look, the the really really fine detail, you really felt like you were in a galaxy far, far away. You can't even see the interior of it from outside uh, in, in another one of the Disneylands. You really – you can't tell at all. You, you don't know you're there until you're there. But I was disappointed that there were no other aliens walking around. So I, I did say they could use some some more aliens walking around, and I hope they do that. Uh, you don't don't need a lot of them, but it just kind of adds more to the motif, I think, if you've got some more aliens. So other than that and the food, I really wasn't let down at all. So if you're looking for detail and you're looking for a really, really good experience, I think you'll have a lot of fun. If you're looking for swag, uh, some of it's really, really good. Some of it's not so great. Um, for example, Rebel Legion people would probably like to, and Saber Guild people would probably like to know that if you're a Jedi and your your food capsules on your, you have food capsules on your belt, you don't want the ones from Galaxy's Edge. They're just too big. The holocrons are cool. The lightsabers are okay. Uh, I think um, the cool thing is, is that you can buy a crystal and you can put it in your lightsaber or your holocron, and the holocron reacts to which crystal you put in there. Uh, which is pretty really, which is neat, really is. Overall, you know, we had a, a really, really good experience. I just, again, I was let down that, you know, they could use some more aliens and they could really step up the, uh, the food quality was okay, but they could do a little bit bigger portions, I think. Hopefully because it was only a preview, maybe uh, they didn't have all their aliens in, you know, present there and they I, will I'm be hoping. for the big opening. I'm hoping that is the case. I don't see myself going back anytime too soon, but if I ever do go back, of course, you'll get a report out of me. But, um, you know, the, uh, the, again, the, the detail, I think, is what really sells it. You know, the, the ships in particular, are, there's going to be long lines to get photos in front of the ships. Uh, be prepared for that. I'll be prepared for long lines in general, but because uh, it will be a madhouse, but uh, it's well worth it. Did you get a close look at the costumes? Like, I'm wondering, you know, our listeners might be interested to know, do you think that, the, you know, the quality is, you know, so good that people might be able to use these for uh, Legion membership? Uh, yeah, the um, quality, I think that the costumes overall is very good. But as far as Legion membership or membership in any of the other clubs, uh, very, very iffy. Uh, again, as far as the Sidious costume goes, the cane is outstanding, and the cane itself might be passable, but the rest of the costume I don't think would, would fly. But the um, the Jedi, the, there are Sith costumes, like generic Sith Lord t- kind of costumes and generic Jedi costumes, and I think those would be perfect for the kids. Um, but as far as the adults go, I don't think they're Legion material. Um, the belts in particular, I think, would pass. They're pleather belts. The costumes themselves, I think the quality leaves a little bit bit to be desired, especially in the adults uh, section there. If you're if you're trying to get into the Legion with one of those, they won't fly. Uh, it's very, very pricey. Now, they have an R2-D2 in there, uh, like a like a R2 Builders Club, you know, style R2-D2. Uh, I don't know if it's remote controlled or not, but it's on sale for $15,000. <laughs> uh, again, the detail on that is, is incredible. The costumes in particular, it's give or take. You know, the uh, the food capsules for the Jedi belts are too big, so those won't fly. But there are other things that that probably would work. Again, the belts themselves, I think, probably would be the only thing that I could think of right off the top of my head outside of Palpy's cane that might be Legion approvable. 
Oh, good to know. Well, mm-hmm. maybe with that R2 droid, the annual pass holders will still be able to get a percentage off of that. You know, I think I think they would. Uh, the cast members that I were there with did get a cast member discount. I believe it was 10%. So if nothing else, it canceled the sales tax. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, to Joe, for that detailed uh, review. I'm really excited to be able to get a chance to see that sometime. Tonight, they're doing the uh, the dedication, so... Everyone, probably by the time they listen to this, will be able to check out some of the live stream of that. It looks like some of the live streams are already starting, at least of people just kind of wandering around the parks. Excellent. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, dot com. Here's a note we got in our 501st cast inbox. Hey, everyone at the 501st cast. My name is Rob Williams. I'm the host of the Generation X-Wing podcast and the Outer Rim Rookie YouTube show, which documents my journey to joining the 501st's Outer Rim Garrison in British Columbia, Canada. I've just recently finished a two-year journey in building my Biker Scout costume and documented my very first troop. I hope you can take some time to check it out. Check out Outer Rim Rookie on YouTube. This is probably the proudest moment since my son was born seven years ago. Thank you in advance. We'll have a link to this YouTube channel in our show notes. Congrats, Rob, TB55077, and welcome, three months belatedly, to the Fire Force Legion. Member Shoutout. This episode's shout-out is to the 2018 501st Legion Trooper of the Year, Scott Huber, TK17105 from Wisconsin Garrison. Trooper of the Year is selected from amongst the 12 winners of that year's Trooper of the Month. Scott had won for February 2018. You can hear his full nomination back on episode 109 of the 501st cast. But essentially, Scott went above and beyond to fulfill a -a make-a-wish for little Star Wars fan Sarah who wanted a play date with her Star Wars friends instead of going to Disney World. Scott spent about 70 hours of his personal time to cut, build, and paint a costume of Sarah's favorite character, Sabine Wren. Scott is a great asset to Wisconsin Garrison. He is always at every troop, and his can-do attitude is contagious. Congratulations, Scott. And to update, Sarah is doing very well. She just turned five and will be attending school this fall. Her status is NED, or no evidence of the liver cancer she had, thanks in no small part to the transplant she underwent. Her mom keeps a Facebook page for her, and we'll put the link to it in our show notes in case you'd like to read more about her journey. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. 
The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. Uh, DZ4672 for that report. I think it's 4622. Oh my gosh. There are adult sizes, but I really think that if you're looking for something for Rebel Legion or, or uh, uh, any any of the major group approvals with the adult costumes, I think it's better to Joe? yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Anybody there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I Joe cut out for me too. Okay, where did I cut out at? <clears throat> or do you want me to oh. just answer? Uh, try Joe? to answer again a little more. I thought I heard him there for a moment. Oh, me too. I can hear you guys. You can't hear me. I guess that's the last time he talks about lack of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. got him. They got yeah. him. I mean, I, I, wow. All Disney's right. fast. Am, am, am I gone or can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you guys hear me okay? Well, I hope he's still recording. I can. Oh, I'm still recording. Believe one, me. Oh, this is going at the end of the oh. show. Believe me. Oh. oh. Some... Can you hear me okay? Hello? I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault.